So from the evening talk, what comes that is good to continue in conversation? Mm-hmm. I really like the idea of cultivating the feeling of love for Mensa because I also have had a hard time with the phrases, but I've never heard of generating the feeling that's going to work much better for me. If you, um, on the Awakening Truth website, there's a couple of guided metta meditations that come from that perspective. You've got not very much free time, but if there's, um, if, if, if that was helpful, it goes through systematically of how to do that. Yeah. Interestingly enough, there's a monk by the name of Venerable Analayo who's done a lot of research, and this whole thing about the phrases is way, way, way recent. It's not the Buddha never said that. And so, you know, that comes out of the Visuddhi Magga. That's not something that the Buddha said. So the Buddha was intending that one brings forward love and kindness, but he didn't actually specify, you know, to do it with thought like that of phrases. So it was like for me, oh, you know what I'm doing actually is close to what the Buddha intended. You know, it was actually what he wanted. So. When you give the uh, precepts, do you do it in English or in Pali? Both. And, and I use the both for two reasons. One, because, you know, it's very unusual in this context that people are connected to monasteries. Mm-hmm. But in other contexts, that usually is the context that people practice in. And so when you go to monasteries that know the Pali, even if they're in foreign countries, you might not be able to speak the, uh, the language of the country. But if you understand the Pali, then you can join in that way. And that's, it's amazing. Like if you go to Bodh Gaya and you see people from, you know, 20 different countries and they've got 20 different languages, but they can all do the poly together, then there's something about that which puts you in a perspective which is bigger than the immediacy of our own little framework, you know. And so, you know, poly is a new language and it's not that easy, but, you know, what you, anything that's new it takes a little bit of time and it becomes more familiar. But the English is important that we're not just mumbling stuff that makes no sense to us and so that we're actually connecting with the meaning of what we're saying because what's the point if you don't know what you're talking about, you know? The English to actually tell you what you're saying, but the Pali keeps a gravitas to it. Um, it still has a certain power. It's understanding English, which... Yeah. And language changes, and when you have poly, then you can go back to what the original intention was, and you know, all kinds of things like that. So, as far as the precepts, and there being four of them, and the optionality, certain ones, um, and as far as the two precepts people would tend not to take more than others would be, well, for instance, not killing. Um, well, of course, top of the list would be intoxicants, right? They are occurring from to- intoxicants that cause substances that cut, could cause heedlessness. 
I've been at an intention ceremony, I believe it was New Year's, a few years ago. And it was all around, I mean, if you're going to drink or whatever, don't take this precept, just don't bother. Um, and then, as far as not killing, I mean, hunting and fishing for food is one of for some of us. Um, but I mean, I liked, I, I loved what you were saying about it being an actual, uh, method to, to gain good against the bad. Um, never really thought about that. If, and, and when you were saying it was like dry prunes, like, okay, well, I'm going to place some restrictions on myself and, and not really getting, it, it feels prohibitive. Like, oh, I'm really just, you know, renouncing things for the sake of renunciation. Whereas, uh, seeing it from the perspective of really being able to fall back on the good in, uh, of the positive acts on a regular basis or positive thoughts. So being all over the place, um, that was also the first I heard about the Good Karma Journal. But I'd also read like somewhere how useful it is to look back at previous months or years or whatever it is of practice when you are having hard times and when you are having doubt and how it has gotten you through. Um, and you know, I approach it from that perspective in those situations, but I really like the, uh, the journal. I don't see how that could hurt. I tend to, myself personally, tend to share more negative aspects of what's going on than like when I'm really doing good. I don't like to phone and be like, hey, things are great. You know, people are really here. Um, so I really liked that. And then I really liked um, how precepts can be a vehicle for you know, stability and goodness in your life mm-hmm. as opposed to just renunciation for the sake of renunciation. So the principle of the precepts is that they're mindfulness trainings. They're not moralistic and they're not judgmental. Okay? And they're not in, they're not um, They're not commandments. They're, they're precepts. They're training precepts for reflection. Okay? So they're meant to support movement towards what's wholesome and skillful and to let go of what's no longer wholesome and no longer skillful. Okay? And, and they're, there's, you know, the Buddha certainly had clear ideas on some levels about what they included. But within that, each person needs to make a lot of decisions about what is applicable for them and the way they pick them up and use them, you know. So, for example, a person who's in the process of negotiating recovery but hasn't actually journeyed into enough of a recovery that that's actually their commitment to be completely sober, I think it would still be really skillful to take the precepts if their commitment is movement towards that direction. So you use it towards supporting your movement towards that direction rather than towards a judgment that you haven't arrived yet. You know? And then that helps support that. Not bring more um, bad feeling, but help support the what's needed in order to make that journey. Now... Different people have different edges of what those precepts mean, and partly because different people are navigating different territories. 
So a person who's an alcoholic needs to be clear that they cannot take a drink. You know, they cannot take a drink. But for somebody that's not their issue, then where is the edge? It isn't absolutely clearly defined where that edge is. All right? What I know for myself, you know, I was never, substance abuse was never an issue for me. Okay, so that's not a territory that I know real well. But what I do know is, is that waking up is not easy. You know, when you, when you make it so that it's impossible for discernment to be operating effectively, you tip the scales towards the toilet. I know that, you know. And I know that without having had to navigate substance abuse because I know the way my own mind works, you know. So for me, I know that. And I'm glad that, you know, for me, that's not been an issue. So it's meant to support moving away from the toilet. And what that means for each person, each person is going to need to decide, you know. But I think there would be a way of using the precepts towards helping put the balance more towards the luminousness of who we are. And that's what they're meant to be for. That's exactly what they're meant to be for. And I, I have one more thing to say, though, about the uh, refraining from killing precept. And for me personally, um, that gets tangled up in my sense of the image that I'm supporting who I feel like I think I ought to, who I am, um, as far as the hunting and fishing goes. And, and <laughs> I don't know that that's actually necessary. I just find it hard to say, this is something that I'm not going to do because I'm so identified with, this is who I am. I do kill stuff if, I'm, if I would like to eat it or whatever. And so that's something that I'm navigating. Um, so the precept about not killing, you know, in terms of its most um, basic level, is about not killing people, all right? Yeah. And the and the stepping down of, well, that, you know, it's actually about not harming anybody, includes animals and fish and game and all the rest of that. But I've heard of, of meditation masters going into, f- you know, fishing villages and when they ask people to take the precepts not to kill, they're not asking them to give up their livelihood. They're asking them to stop killing other people. Okay? And so in that context, it's, it's, it, they, they make it applicable to the circumstance of the people that they're dealing with. So rather than asking the people who are fishermen to stop killing all living beings, they ask them to stop killing people. Right? And then... Sometimes it can shift over years or decades that a person reevaluates their identity or their livelihood or their whatever. But what's important is, is that at the basic level, there's a commitment not to kill other people. And if you can make that commitment, then you're in. <laughs>
But the thing that, that, that comes back to me is kind of the, the, in, in a lot the same way, like using the precepts to reflect on what we've done well. But on the other side of that is don't use the precepts to give yourself another excuse to to tell yourself you're you don't use them to create more dukkha. So like the the thing with the, the intoxicants one, like if it's New Year's Eve and you're taking the precepts at an intention ceremony, and you know that as soon as that's done you're going to go to the bar, then you know, t- taking the precept when you know that you're going to break it, you know, not taking the precept so that you don't create more more harm for yourself, more suffering for yourself, so you're not getting so spun up around it. And so. For a long time, I didn't take the precept to not kill, because for me it was, you know, I, I knew that I would be hunting, I knew that I would be fishing, and I didn't want to have that, okay, well, I promised myself I wasn't going to do it, and here I am doing it, right? And so that there's that whole, it just sets it up for all of this mental mess that you get spun up into. And so, you know, when you can take them and relate to them, it, it, it makes it a lot easier. Uh, I haven't killed any people in a long time. You're <laughs> <laughs> in it. I feel like I've been, I've, been I've been in for a few years now. <laughs> that part, I got it down. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's, that's kind of the, a lot of what comes out of the Against the Stream groups is like, don't don't use the precepts to give yourself another excuse to, to find out how bad you are. To trash yourself. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's meant to uplift rather than to trash. You know, I'm aware that we can continue this conversation, and if there's an interest, maybe we can go over to Stella's, but what I want to do is close with five minutes of metta meditation. Okay? Is that all right? Absolutely. Yeah.